Welcome to another episode of Scientology Fair Game. Hello, Mikey. Hello, Lily. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. Um, Mike, today we're going to do another uh, Q&A because it is a fan favorite. Um, yes. Just to respond to one shitty person who said, Oh, you guys why bother? Because I, I like to. <laughs> and by the way, it's very normal for us human beings to get thousands of or hundreds or even 10 positive comments, but we hold on to the one negative. It's just the way some of our brains work, and I am guilty of that. So I'm going to respond to it. Yeah. What this, is it? This person said, Jesus, are you guys running out of ideas that you're doing these Q&As? No fuck face. We're not. <laughs> you know people how many people send in questions, Leah? These. People yeah. send in tons and tons of questions all the time. Can't yeah. wait for the next episode. Can you answer my question on the next I one? I know. Please. I know. Please. We love those episodes. And I find them kind of fun because there's stuff that people think of or questions that they come up with that, that never, we never thought cross of. I my know. mind. Ever. Ever. Agreed. So let's answer our supporters' questions. And to the one person that we're boring, I'm sure there's a lot of podcasts you, you can listen to. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's no shortage of other podcasts you can listen to. So fuck off. <laughs> This is from Ashley. Who actually does the fair gaming? It is a, is it a specific department of the Sea Org? Is it like the upper level members? Do they get special training or guidance? Thanks. Mike, so I you figured you'd probably <clears throat> answer that one. Why? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Mikey, you I'm made up funny. funny. Okay. I'm being funny. Okay. I'm being funny. Why don't you okay. uh, uh, you answer Ashley's question, and I'm sure to have something to say. All right. Well, or maybe I won't. I'm going to try maybe not doing a whole lot of talking today. Go ahead, Mikey. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Saving so, my voice for the for the record that I'm cutting. Do they say say those that anymore? Do they say I'm cutting a record? I have no idea. Laying down a yeah, track? I'm getting a no from our producer, who's much younger than us. Okay. Whatever. Go ahead. Uh, I'm not. Are you singing? No. No. I wish. You know okay. that I can't sing, Mike, but I wish I could. Well, I wondered. I, was, I, I don't know that you can't sing. I just wondered when you said I'm, you know, cutting a record, what you were doing. Well, so. my husband, my husband said, has said many times, who is a singer? You have not found your pretty voice yet, but that does not stop me from singing. <laughs> when we have oh, karaoke we've sung, nights, we've yeah. we've sung many times in the car too. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, back yeah. to serious business. Who actually does the fair gaming? Mm -hmm. It is primarily carried out by the Office of Special Affairs, which, which is, is a special a department. De <laughs> yes, a, a department in. The uh, it's at every echelon of Scientology, but it's controlled at the top of the Scientology hierarchy by the International Office of Special Affairs, and those people are Sea Org members, and they direct those who are in the lower organizations to carry out some 
of the fair gaming activities, but the vast majority of these things are done either directly by or at the at the personal direction of Sea Org members in the Office of Special Affairs and or in the Religious Technology Center, which is the organization that David Miscavige oversees and supervises and runs. And those are the people who not only put together like the smear sites or the threat letters or whatever, they are the ones that direct the lawyers to hire private investigators to go investigate people or follow them. They are the ones that organize uh, campaigns against, um, like when we were on the aftermath, the campaigns against us and advertisers who were advertising on the aftermath. Those are all uh, carried out by either SEOG members in the Office of Special Affairs or SEOG members in the Religious Technology Center. Uh, well, the only thing I want to add is that, uh, yes, they do have special training and guidance. There's uh, directives and policies under this fair game. They're not, they're not all labeled fair game. Um, they're, they're labeled different things. And people who are um, activated in Scientology uh, to fair game people are usually uh, directed towards these directives and what to say, how to say it, especially this religious uh, bigot line is something that's, that that uh, Scientology is pushing that they're being unfairly targeted for their uh, religious beliefs. And so, yes, there's special training that goes on, and they sometimes, uh, you know. Um, uh, activate individual Scientologists who are not Sea Org members. Um, yeah. uh, all right, let's do another question. But, but just ahead, just as a note, mm -hmm. um, I will include on uh, my blog the the MikeRindersBlog.org and on the FairGamePodcast.com website a link to my blog posting called "Dealing with the Critics of Scientology." the yeah. Scientology handbook or the L Ron Hubbard playbook or whatever it's called mm -hmm. that lists out a bunch of these and includes excerpts from a bunch of these documents that tell Scientology executives and SEAL members what to do and how to do it. Okay. What's the next one you want to do, Mikey? Um, I thought that I would skip to one from Emily. Okay. Hi. Can you please go into more details about Citizens Commission on Human Rights? You mentioned it too briefly in the documentary series, but I was horrified to learn that they use other organizations' success and claim it as their own, etc. I would like this info on how much is made up at events, including other stats, as I had to sit and listen to for years. Oh, a former Scientologist. Okay. The Citizens Commission on Human Rights is something that was an organization that was created in 1969 at the behest of L. Ron Hubbard to, quote, expose abuses in the field of mental healing. And the real reason for this is because Hubbard had decided that psychiatry was public enemy number one in the world that psychiatry was responsible for all evil of mankind, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Because back in 1950, when he had sought to get the endorsement of the American Psychiatric Association and the American Medical Association, 
they told him that Dianetics was quackery and that they were not interested. So he then determined that that psychiatry was the big boogeyman. And if you speak to any Scientologist at any time, anywhere, the one thing that they will all tell you is that psychiatry is evil, it is hurting people, it's killing people, etc., etc. CCHR is the propaganda arm of Scientology that keeps that campaign going. Their job is to, quote, expose the abuses of psychiatry. What they really do is tell Scientologists that everything is bad in the world of psychiatry. Mm -hmm. That's their actual function. They go out and they do some demonstrations with black T-shirts on saying, leave our kids alone and stop molesting people, et cetera, et cetera. But those are really for internal consumption. They are to keep Scientologists convinced that A, psychiatry is terrible, and B, that Scientology is winning the war against psychiatry. At various times, they have announced that psychiatry will be dead and gone by the year 2000, 2007, 2014, they'll be obliterated, annihilated, Uh, the world will be a better place because there will be no psychiatry left. Well, the truth of the matter is CCHR, I nearly said it like an Australian, (laughs) CCHR, CCHR is a is another one of the numerous Scientology uh, front groups, although it it doesn't disguise its connection to Scientology, so it's a little different from some of the other ones. But it's another group that seeks to gain credibility for Scientology by uh, putting out these messages and trying to align itself with people who do have some stature or are recognized and it's that i mean that's what cchr is the citizens commission on human rights which has really nothing to do with human rights it is the citizens commission on black propaganda of psychiatry yes right and if anybody and if anybody wants to go to that website really you should, and they have a, a whole museum on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. It's uh, frankly uh, ridiculous. If you know anything about history, uh, it is it is asinine. I mean, right, Mike? I mean, I don't even know how to explain. Yeah how how they take people through this museum on Sunset, like with a straight face, is is insane. Like I don't know how how they do it. Well, yes, and it is, you will get an idea of it. Uh, I will include the link to the website. I think it's great if people go to that website because it is so over-the-top, outrageously insane that normal people just go, these people are nuts. Right. When you, Mike, when you've taken people through that, uh, because I've been forced to take people through that museum, Right. Um, when you've taken people through it, and I'm sure you've taken through some people uh, who have even just a basic education. Uh, what when they what what were some of the things that they would say to you? Like, you know, this is untrue, right, Mister Rinder, or like people who weren't Scientologists. 
Yeah, like yeah. I that the infamous uh tour of John Sweeney was his my favorite. Why what happened? <laughs> because that's the one where he lost his shit in the middle of the exhibit after Tommy was like really hammering on him. But right. he was like looking going, "Are you really saying here that psychiatry was responsible for the Holocaust? Is that uh, is that the position that you're taking?" Well, it says it very clearly. Yes, psychiatry is the secret uh, power that was behind Hitler and the Nazis and the genocide programs which led to the uh, concentration camps and the extermination of unwanted people. And it, it would be like, uh, really? Like... <laughs> And if you just say, well, look at the video, watch the video, and you'll see what it says. Like, roll, eye roll, and yeah, okay. Okay, let's move on to the next one. What right. else have you got in store for us? Right. Oh, well, this one says that, you know, uh, the psychiatry still is in the, the uh, still likes to practice uh, electroshock convulsive therapy and the, and here's some video that shows someone from 1952 being electric shock yeah. well is this still how it's done today well they still do electroshock well do they really well in some places they do i mean it's just it's like um being caught in constant lies and exaggerations and eventually the people that are going through, they just sort of throw up their hands and go, okay, you know, how much more? Right. And then you as who was a representative of Scientology, when you're being questioned these things and you know, you, you knew ultimately like, this is not exactly true. I mean, right, Mike, you had those thoughts. Well, I had those thoughts, but I also believed that there was truth to this mm -hmm. stuff. Right, like, right. Like, you yeah. know, yeah, maybe it's slightly exaggerated, but you people just are not really, you're not really aware of what actually happened. <laughs> right, right. You're not right. really aware of what was going on with the, the, uh, psychiatrists in Germany in 1931 and blah, 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 right. blah. Right. So. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, cause I was like, this is bullshit. I, I don't even have an education, but I know this is bullshit. But I was like, what can you do? I mean, ultimately, if it gets the psychs, the evil psychs taken down, you know, it doesn't need to be true. Like, literally, that's what I thought. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, there's a bunch of videos in there of people who have been abused at the hands of oh, psychiatry. I'm not saying that people haven't, but that's not the point of CCHR or Scientology's war against psychiatry. Of course. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, right. And that is the 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 justification that gets yes. used is right. look there's these people that have truly been abused here yeah so you're going to defend that well yeah. no of course not right. but that's that's just uh a prop that is used to support the bigger this yeah. is all evil yeah all right i have one from violet does Scientology only accept able-bodied people? I don't think I've ever seen a person in a wheelchair or even a cane in any Scientology videos. And what if a member has a child with special needs? Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of people that ask questions about special needs and children with special needs. 
And I think that we definitely need to address this. Does the church have a position on how to treat those who are developmentally disabled? And does yeah. that position change based on whether it's something a person is born with, i.e. Down syndrome, or that develops later on, such as Alzheimer's or even brain injury? Okay. Okay. So let's take let's step back, Lee, and take the big picture. Okay. First of all, Scientology and and Hubbard said this very clearly. Scientology makes the able more able. In other words, Scientology takes people who are already capable and deals with them because it's not wait, 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 hang on. When you say capable, what what do you mean by that? Are you being uh, kitschy or like? Uh, no. What do you mean? I'm I'm being I'm I was about to get to the fact that in in the eyes of Scientology, it means you can earn enough money to pay for Scientology. Great. That is what the able making the able more able or taking those who are capable means. That you are in a position to be able. Or are, or are able to earn enough money to pay for Scientology, and that by investing Scientology's time and effort in those people, there will be a, a larger advance toward creating uh, the clear planet and a civilization without war and without insanity, blah, 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 blah. So there is this built-in justification, explanation, excuse for Scientology and Scientology organizations ignoring those who are not able. And by not able means those who have some uh, inability, whatever that, wherever that inability may come from, <coughs> from earning enough money to be able to pay for Scientology. So, then you go to step two. How does Hubbard view um, Down syndrome or Alzheimer's or autism or anything else? It's all based on the reactive mind. It is aberration, which is what the Scientology or Dianetics term is for the the uh, veering away from the norm. That, in fact, that's the definition of it. It's not in a straight line. It's away from the normal. Like, and aberration comes from the reactive mind. Okay, so you're implying that Scientology is saying that they can help by getting rid of your reactive mind. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay, and Absolutely. I'm and I'm going to disagree with you because I have never seen. Somebody who has come in and said, I have a learning disorder. They said, oh, absolutely, we can help you. Um, I've never seen somebody in a wheelchair in Scientology. I've never, you know, my idea and growing up in Scientology and what I've been told and taught is that people who are born uh, disabled or are disabled or uh, are on the spectrum um are considered degraded beings they are degraded and scientology really doesn't want those people in scientology a because they know they can't help them and b 
they know they can't, they possibly might not be able to pay for Scientology. That I agree with you on. But my, my, what I have been taught in my whole life in Scientology is that they call these beautiful people degraded beings. I 100% agree with you. Okay. I, we're not in disagreement about this at all. Okay. okay. I'm just trying to give the bigger picture as to why that what in, in the Scientology world or the world of, or the eyes of L. Ron Hubbard, why does that happen? Because he's got an answer for everything, or oh, yeah. he claims but he the, has an the, answer for everything. Yeah, and but the, the real answer, answer is, is, but the real answer is, Mike, because they don't want them, because they know they can't help them. They, Correct. And they don't want to. They just don't want to. They consider I, them degraded. They will give advice like, well, maybe your child will get another body, a better body, a better brain next lifetime. Correct. Yeah, that's and, the answer. Yeah. The, the, but there is one thing that a Scientologist would consider is worth doing to someone like that. Uh-huh. An assist. A completely useless, but an assist. Mm -hmm. There are assists that you do. A touch assist. A contact assist. That sort of stuff is thought in the minds of Scientologists to be the way that you deal with someone like that right and it's crazy and it's useless and it accomplishes nothing but scientologists do not believe that they have either the time or the inclination to do anything to assist people with disabilities yeah all right here's one from sarah s lee is jennifer lopez a potential trouble source for her dad because her uh, her friendship with you, and if so, what are the effects of that? People ask this all the time. Okay, they ask about is Jennifer Lopez a potential trouble source, which is a label that Scientology gives people if you are connected to horrible SPs, uh, suppressive people, suppressive person like me or Mike or your mother or father or daughter son who's been who left Scientology and was publicly speaking out against Scientology. Um, you are labeled, not an SP yet, you're labeled a PTS, Potential Trouble Source. And I'm assuming this is a Scientologist who wrote this or somebody who is well-versed in Scientology uh, because this is a confusing one at times. Now, Potential Trouble Source is labeled just that. They have the potential to be a source for trouble if they don't disconnect from the suppressive people. Now, in the Scientology world, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands have been forced to disconnect from their mothers and fathers, their children, because that person, like I said, publicly spoke out against Scientology or violated Scientology law, because Scientology has its own laws, and yet, people like Jennifer Lopez, who is a huge star, huge celebrity, her father is a Scientologist and has been a Scientologist for a long time. Now, they do make exceptions <laughs> for big celebrities like Jennifer, who in any other, any other world of Scientology would be told, you need to disconnect from Leah. Or... To her father, you need to disconnect from your daughter, Jennifer, 
because she's connected to Leah and you two are PTS. Things could go wrong in your life. You could be potential trouble for us because you're connected to the evil that is Leah. It just shows you another level of, of hypocrisy of Scientology, that they have these policies that are in black and white. People are forced to disconnect. People's families are destroyed every day. But yet when it comes to celebrity, those policies don't exist. Let, let's answer a few other questions here, Mike. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, wanted to know if you think that David Miscavige truly believes in Scientology or does he only love the money and power he has in Scientology? I can answer that. And so can you, Mike. It's the latter. <laughs> That's simple. Okay. Do you have anything to add to that, Mike? No. Okay. Um, from Jared, what will happen when David Miscavige dies? Will another psychopath take his place? Will Scientology come crashing down? Uh, again, yes. Another psychopath will take over. And as to the second part, will Scientology come crashing down? Scientology is crashing down. Right. It is crashing down under the the watch of David Miscavige, and it will continue, and ultimately it will die when some government agency comes in and puts its foot on their neck and stops them from doing their abusive practices and makes them open their books to see how much money is being spent to help, uh, to hurt people. Right. Uh, but it is absolutely shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. So it's, there's not, there's no imminent collapse because it takes a long time for something that's got yeah. that much money to fade away, but it and, is. And tax exempt, uh, protection. Right. Yeah. And tax it's exemption. going, it's going down the drain. Irish gal, does Scientology help the poor? No, I don't even need to. I don't even need to read the next part of the <laughs> no sentence. No expansion. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> okay, I've got a good one here. Go ahead. One that I have never heard anybody ask. All right. From Prometheus. Yeah. Could you tell us about the Duke of Chug in Scientology? What is that, Leah? Do you know what this is? No. Okay, good one. Okay, good one, Prometheus. The Duke of Chug is something that L. Ron Hubbard talked about with respect to computerization. And he created this organization in Scientology called INCOM, which is the International Network of Computer-Operated or Organized Management. That used to be on Fountain Avenue. Yes. Yes. And And Hubbard said that, Oh, I don't know how many millions or trillions of years ago, there was a galactic civilization that was controlled completely by computers. And the head of this galactic civilization was called the Duke of Chug. Uh, I mean, he invented all these crazy names like that. They're, they're like out of his science fiction, you know, his Penny Award science fiction stuff. The yeah. Duke of Chug operated this galactic confederacy completely by computers. And Hubbard was inventing or trying to create, based on his recall from hundreds of millions or trillions or whatever years ago, how this system was to operate. Oh, you're fucking kidding me, Mike. No, Leah, Leah, 
Yeah. And this started to be implemented. And Mike. what it was, what it was, was these computer, these, these computer programs yeah. that would issue orders to people. So if you would, if you had something on a program that said you're supposed to get, you know, 10 yeah. missions opened in, in Canada in the mm -hmm. next year, mm -hmm. you would start getting these notifications from the computer. <laughs> you're in, you're, uh, you're in non-compliance with the order program number, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then what would happen is if you didn't do it, there were all these steps that happened and then it would uh, ask, it would, they called it escalating. It okay. would escalate to your boss. And then if the boss didn't handle it, it would escalate to his boss. And these things would print out. This is back in the old days of matrix, you know, dot yeah. matrix printers. These would print out and, at, at one point, I was like in a very senior position in CMO International. So I had all of these juniors. Every day, Leah, I would get a stack of printouts that was a foot high of orders from the computer that I was supposed to be complying with because all my juniors had failed to comply. And they were all being ordered removed from their positions by the computer. It was like absolute chaos. But, well, give me like an example. <laughs> but give me like an example of what like an order. Please, like, do you remember? Oh, any? okay. Well, I I told you what, and an order might be. It could be like as simple as you are to word clear keeping Scientology working policy letter. Okay. And if that didn't get done. That would result in screeds of paper being generated by on these dot matrix printers by the computer, ordering the person to comply. If they didn't comply, ordering the qualifications division to go in and get them to comply. If they didn't do it, ordering the ethics division to go in and put the person in a lower condition and then by putting them in a lower condition, that would be another order, which would then generate orders for compliance to the order and orders for compliance to the orders. I mean, it was like this, it was like out of itself, out of a yeah. science fiction yeah. of this machine that gets out of control and starts spewing out paper and orders and mm -hmm. telling everybody you're you know you're in default you need to be removed you need to be sent to the rpf you're under comev you're getting all right you're speaking ethic. greek now so nobody knows <laughs> know. what you're talking about yeah i know deliberately yeah. okay. it's it's just like mumbo jumbo spewing out of this was the duke of chug i see insane is income yeah, still in existence I believe so. Oh my god! They probably still don't use normal internal email. They probably still use this crazy income system that was invented using old, old stuff. Now I, I want to answer this question here. It says, how could you two tolerate auditing? I think if I were subjected to it for two minutes, I'd be like, nope, 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 and get the hell out of there. Do people actually enjoy it? If so, why? Now, 
People on uh, Twitter have reached out to me, and I'm sure you, Mike, saying, you know, I like when you guys talk about like Scientology and like the way you guys would talk to each other if you were still Scientologists, right? Yeah. And 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 uh, I just think this is an opportunity to do so in that, you know, auditing is the thing that Scientology calls is their counseling. And it it uh you wouldn't be like nope 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 you think you'd be like nope 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 but imagine you know you walk into a room they lock the door they put in session they say have you eaten you have to you have to get 8 hours sleep you have to um have taken certain vitamins you know you sit down you pick up the cans on their lie detector called an e meter they say this is the session they say usually at the beginning of each each session, do you have an upset? Do you have something you're withholding? Or do you have a present time problem? And let's say I said something like, yes, I do have a present time problem. Now, and this has to read on the meter, everybody, or they will not take it up. Even if you say like, there's a death in the family, I'm destroyed over it. They're like, yeah, it's not reading. So tough shit. We're going on to something else. And you're like, oh, oh. Okay, because it's really to really upset that my mother died. They're like, uh-huh. Anyway, not reading, so we're not going to talk about it. Um, and that is how your whole Scientology career is dealt with until you start talking to imaginary beings that are not there. But that's for another time, everyone. It would go something like this. Mike, do you have a present time problem? Uh, yes, I do. Why don't you tell me about it? I can't stop my dog from barking. I understand. And it just is keeping me awake at night because the dog is barking. I got it. Okay. Now, so at this point, is there anything else you want to tell me uh, about it? Um, well, it's making it hard for me to be able to, to go in sessions. So I need to solve this problem because it's, it's cutting across my auditing. Understood. Okay. Now, at this time, I'm looking for a certain phenomenon on the meter. If that needle is not floating, like not, that means like that's, that's all there is there. And Mike is really like kind of over it, right? Can I move on to the body, the main body of the session, right? Because this is not it. These are just, cult, these are like a prerequisite. These are prerequisite questions if, uh, to, if the needle wasn't floating at the beginning of the session, right? So- mm -hmm. I would ask Mike, is there an earlier similar time that you've had this problem? Oh yeah, there actually there is. Um the the dog was barking when I was a kid because um he got hurt, he got run over by a car, and oh my god, I just realized that that's what uh it so upsets me because I think my dog is gonna die because it's barking. I got it. Totally understood. Thank you. So I don't yeah. need to be upset about this anymore. Thank you. I'm Mike. all happy now. Great. Your needle's floating. All right. So we're going to get on to the body of the session now. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Okay, honey. So this is the way it's done, right? Like this is, we're just giving you a very crude representation of it, but you can see this is not something you'd be like, hey, fuck this. Right. I mean, I don't I don't think people would be like, fuck this. No. Wait, wait. And before you participate in this, you are convinced that this is going to help you. Yeah. 
Like right. you're going into it with the idea that this is incredibly helpful and all these other people have, have been so successful. They found it's amazing. They yeah. read all these success stories. You get told that this is what's going to happen. So you walk in with the idea that this is going to be a good thing and that I'm going to get to the end of it. And it's going to be very, very helpful to me. Right. And you know, people walk into churches and have snakes put around their necks too because they believe that that's going to help them and they get told you know rise up and spirits be out of you or whatever and they believe it and yeah everybody else looks at it and goes ah that's really crazy shit but some of those people will tell you oh really help me i feel so much better once that snake put its serpent neck thing around me i feel so much better Okay, so that's a big part of this too, Leah, is that you tolerate it because you've been convinced that you've been brainwashed. Yeah, that it works. Exactly. Exactly. And and listen, you know, uh, you do feel better just talking to someone. Right. And you do feel better just in having somebody acknowledge you. And so there is something right. There's some value in having somebody listen to you. Um, From Megan, as a listener, I don't really understand Scientology policies and teachings. You guys are always so great about talking about the names of the policies and the acronyms, but I don't really understand the teachings. What are the first policies you learn? You mentioned a lot of reading. Do they start you there? How do they pitch to you that this will advance you in life? Um, uh, um, Everything is reading in Scientology. And so you are reading policy after policy after policy your whole Scientology career, looking up words you don't understand, two and a half hours minimum. Uh, They usually start out with little basic courses. So you're like, hey, this is not so bad. And then when you when you're really indoctrinated, you know, it's 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 pretty brutal and it never ends, by the way. So uh, what do they actually believe? They believe in advancing Scientology and making themselves money and destroying your life. I mean, I don't, I don't know what do they actually believe, Mike. I can't even answer that. What are the actual beliefs and teachings? The teachings are about the world being lost without Scientology. It's your only way out is to destroy government, destroy the police, to destroy your life. For Scientology, the only important thing is Scientology and paying for Scientology. I mean, I don't know how else to... What? Go ahead, Mike. Do you want to say something? Well, I, I was going to say that that when, when Megan asks about what are the first policies you learn... Keeping Scientology apart working. From, I was just going to say, yeah. keeping yeah. Scientology working is the number one policy in Scientology. And keeping Scientology working is at the beginning of every course in Scientology. It is yeah. at the beginning of every... Uh, book of policy letters. It is a, it is the fundamental or the foundation upon which all else is built. And that policy says you must follow exactly the words of L. Ron Hubbard that there is only one true uh, source of Scientology, and that is L. Ron Hubbard, that everything that he says is if followed exactly, understood perfectly and clearly, and done 
precisely as he says. It works 100% of the time, and that the every every man, woman, and child on this planet is dependent in peril on and is depending upon what, what you, you do, do here and now, now in Scientology. Scientology. Yep. And, and by and, the way, will you read this a thousand times in your Scientology career? Right. Yeah. And yeah. and so what do they believe? They believe that whatever L. Ron Hubbard said is true. Yeah. That it, whatever L. Ron Hubbard says will work, does work. That whatever L. Ron Hubbard says about the state of society and what needs to be done to make a better world is exactly what needs to be done, that and nothing else, and only that. Yeah. And it is a it is a system of uh self-contained um cognitive dissonance. Yeah. It is it it just is everybody in this bubble of Scientology is all convinced that this is the way, the only way to save themselves and save mankind, and that all the answers are contained inside this bubble. And yeah. that is what Scientologists believe. Yeah. Okay. How does the Sea Org avoid violating child truancy laws? Do child Seorg members go to a Scientology school? Do they take and pass state mandated assessment tests? Do Scientologists tell Lightheart? This is funny. There's a there's another part to that. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna yeah. have I definitely wanted to answer the second one. Yeah, we'll do deal that as a separate. Okay, question. all right, let's do that. Okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so, Mike, you can answer this because you were in the Seorg. Uh, I can tell you from the year that I was in the Seorg what I was told to do. But, Mike, you can you can answer the. Well, things are different now than back when we were in the Sea Org. I mean, mm -hmm. back then, back when my children were born into the Sea Org, Scientology had children in the Sea Org that were raised from infancy. And subsequent to the late 80s, they started only accepting children who were over the age of 12, I think, or maybe 14, depending on with parental consent, et cetera, et cetera, because of all of these problems that dealing with children have in the law. You can't get away with the same things dealing with children and elderly people as you can with normal people. You can circumvent a hell of a lot of laws by claiming to be religious, but you can't circumvent child abuse and truancy and that sort of stuff. But, so, yet they, but Mike, you're, you're insinuating that children who are in the Sea Org today um, are going to school. No. Okay, well, it sounds that like that yet. to me. Okay, but you're nope. saying they used to do this and now they do what? Now what happens is those children are... Uh, they circumvent the the laws by having them either homeschool, which is a joke. Uh, you're, you're doing really you're doing exist. air quotes, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh huh. Homeschool, which doesn't really exist, or attending uh, some internally structured course program, which they don't really attend either, but say that they do. And 
So they're this, taught to lie. That's how they get around it. Correct. Okay. This is this is the absolute it's it's now fakery. And the they can't circ they can't not comply with child truancy laws like they can not comp Scientology does not comply with labor laws, but they can't not comply with child labor laws. Scientology doesn't comply with all sorts of laws by claiming religious exemption, but they must comply with child laws. So when it comes to children, they lie and Thank they you. create false narratives. Narratives. So, so, so that that's the real answer, everybody. Um, it no Scientology parent is reporting themselves to the authorities because people have asked, "Why don't the parents?" You mean the parents that are Scientologists? They <laughs> agree with their children not getting an education because that's what the Scientology parent has been taught. Just like the Jehovah's right. Witnesses, an education, uh, a worldly education, doesn't mean shit to cults in general, right? Because to keep you ignorant is to keep you. So no parent in Scientology is saying, my kid's not really going to school. L. Ron Hubbard says it. You're, you, you will get nothing by a wog, quote unquote, wog. That means all of us who are not Scientologists, education. You will get more of an education by getting a Scientology education. So parents say, oh, my, this is what my mother said. Leah goes to a private Scientology school, and then Scientology has set up these front groups that uh, uh, seem like they're, they're, uh, they're you know, bona fide educational, you know, alternative to, to traditional uh, to a traditional education, and the kids are mainly uh, learning Scientology, maybe some basics here and there, but they're not getting an education. So really, to just be simple about it, no Scientologist is reporting that their kids are not getting an education, but that's what's happening. And the kids in the Sea Org, who still are in the Sea Org, they might not be able to be born in the Sea Org, but they're still allowed in the Sea Org, and Scientology parents are handing over their children to the Sea Org, and they're not getting, they're virtually getting zero education. Zero. Correct. Uh, here's the second part of this question from John King. Do Scientologists tell lighthearted jokes about Scientology? You know, like a Phaeton walks into a bar type of thing. <laughs> this is now, one of the all-time greatest questions we have ever gotten. Now, now, Phaeton, just for everybody, means spirit. So it's a Scientology thing. Okay. It's a Scientology joke. Right. Uh, no. As a matter of fact, <laughs> there is a policy called jokers and degraders. And I have gotten into a lot of trouble making jokes about Tom Cruise and David Miscavige. You are not allowed to make a joke about Scientology. You will be severely punished. Severely. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, yeah. I was going to say uh, a defining characteristic of a good Scientologist is absolutely no sense of humor when it comes to Scientology. Yeah. There is nothing that is seen to be even slightly amusing or funny to a Scientologist about any joke that has anything to do with Scientology. I mean, 
despite the fact that Scientology is always claiming, oh, any publicity is good publicity. Anything, uh, anything that you, that, that, uh, spells our name, right. Gets more new people to come into Scientology. If someone like John Oliver or Stephen Colbert or, you know, Bill Maher or any of those people, Sarah Silverman, anybody ever says anything, even a lighthearted jab. SP. SP. They are absolutely declared suppressive persons and enemies of Scientology and are to be um, attacked. Attacked, yeah. and like it, you know, it, if it, you go on Twitter, you'll see a Scientologist on there going, "I had no idea such and such was a religious bigot." <laughs> exactly, yeah. and I'm canceling my subscription to HBO because like they Bill Maher said, yeah, blah, blah, like blah, they blah. fucking had one in the first place, motherfucker." <laughs> Stop. And yeah. it it is it is remarkable because. In my view, Leah, yeah. when you become the the subject of popular culture sure. humor, sure. there is one of two things. Either you've entered the mainstream, mm-hmm. which is what Scientology is so desperate to do yeah. at yeah. all times, or you're a complete fucking loser. Yeah. One or the other. And Scientology always takes the you're a complete fucking loser rather than if I was running Scientology's PR, I would be saying going out and announcing the fact that John Oliver just took another swipe at us or Stephen Colbert just took another swipe at us. Or SNL. Or SNL or whoever, because everybody's doing it. And I would be saying, see, everybody, nowadays, we're just like the Jews. We're like the, everybody tells Jews jokes. Everybody tells Christian jokes. Everybody tells jokes jokes, about Catholics, about Polish people, about Irish people, whatever. We're now one of them. But no, they take it so seriously. It is like they have just been stabbed in the eye with a pencil. Yeah. I think that's all we have time for today, Mikey. Is it? I do too. That's a great place to end, though. Okay. Well, listen, you guys. Thank you once again for uh, um, for listening, putting up with this, <laughs> putting up with my mouth, Mike's long-winded answers. <laughs> Leah interrupting me all the time. All the time. <laughs> Always. <laughs> it's it's rough. Anyway, but we do have fun doing these guys and, and, and we thank you again for your support and, uh, and, and for sending yeah, the questions. Yeah. I, I mean, amazing. Really, yeah. They're, they're terrific questions. And you and guys you are listening. All- you know, that's the other thing too, Mike is yeah. the more that we are, you know, people, not just us, you know, people are educating people about Scientology. You know, these questions are getting, more like better they're just because they're like i go right you're using the right words you're asking the right question like we've come so far we cannot thank you enough guys honestly we love doing these and uh once again thank you again all the information that we talked about will be on mike's blog and on our website fairgamepodcast.com and mike rinder's blog and uh until next time thank you for listening bye mikey bye lily